The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. Stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. Welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with we. My name is EJ and I got my man. Hey, mate. He is the DB of the show. We are black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. Laughing at it all, covering it all while providing a platform to be heard. So you know what we're going to do. We'd like to welcome our guest. He has played, all right, 13 years professionally hockey, all right? So when you get a load of this man, you know he was a dominant force on the ice. And now he's a dominant force here heating up the desert as a top executive casino host. We have Darren Banks. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Happy to have you in here, man. So how we start our show, we like to jump right in, man, and we ask a shoot-your-shot question, all right? So this is where, win or lose, you bet on yourself. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Win or lose. So it could have been somewhere where you took it all the way to the end zone, or it could have been somewhere where you fumbled the ball. But give us a shoot-your-shot moment. I guess my shoot-your-shot, I guess my first game in the NHL, uh, I went out there and played (laughs) – I was out of my mind. I was out of my mind. That's all I can say. I was out of my mind. Okay. I was doing a lot of dumb things on the ice that you consider dumb nowadays, but it was exciting, and I was hyped up, and I just went crazy that game. You just went all out? All out. <laughs> was it a blur? you remember anything? Oh, no. I, I tried to start a brawl. I was, <laughs> I was uh, the kind of player I was. I was kind of a rough, tough tumble player and uh, i went out there and i was trying to do anything i could do to be recognized okay i like it i like the grind right go out there go for it yes sir so take us back to the start uh, of your love for hockey and just sports in general where did that start uh my hockey love starts most people start with their father mine start with my mother my mother taught me how to skate at three years old um I really didn't even really walk that much because my parents had been in a serious car accident, so my dad never skated. Oh. So mom taught me how to skate, and I wasn't, you know, I was used to being picked up all the time, and I would skate, 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 and loved it, and didn't really know much about hockey, just playing with the kids out there, mm-hmm. and then a neighbor kind of turned my parents into me, you know, to me starting to try play hockey. Dang. So what what age was that when you when you started? I didn't start till I was seven, so I was okay. kind of late considering where kids now are three years old and they're playing hockey or four years Jeez. old playing organized hockey. Sure. So I didn't play till I was seven. But born in Canada, it's that's kind of a thing that we do back there. Toronto, right? I was born in Toronto but grew up in Windsor, Ontario. Oh, Across okay. from Detroit. <laughs> there you go. There's that Detroit background, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hockey, right? It makes sense being in Canada. Like that's the maybe preferred sport. But still, I mean, you black in Canada, so how was that, man, starting out? Uh, start, I, again, very good athlete at a very young age. So okay. I played every sport. I played oh, baseball. Dope. I played basketball. If you've met people from back home nowadays and asked them how I was when I played baseball, uh-huh. never say he's a phenomenal baseball player. Okay. Like, well, I just didn't like it. It was boring <laughs> to me. It just, okay. everything moved too slowly for me. And yeah. you can't beat people up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and as a growing up, obviously there was a lot of racial tension when I was younger. Right. Uh, being the only black kid on the ice. You know, there was no other black kids. And I don't have an older brother, so... I had to be this, you know, the start of it all for our family. Yeah, and it was it was a little difficult, but at the same time, it wasn't. It was kind of easy, and kids got I got along with a lot of kids. 
and I'm really friendly. And again, being a really good athlete, everybody wanted me on their team. All right. So that was kind of the, I think, reason why it was a lot easier for me when I was younger. Got you. And, and, and with uh, just hockey in general, or just growing up in Canada, hockey is kind of a way of life. So it, it, I guess it doesn't have that stigma that maybe it had in the United States at that time of just kind of growing up and playing as the only black playing hockey at that time. Oh, no. I mean, I heard it a lot. Sure. I, I mean, I heard it a lot. But again, I was the average kid that was my age. I was stronger than him. <laughs> and or the average kid i might have been taller much? than him yeah. so <laughs> i learned that aggressive part of hockey real okay. early you know and being one of the better players not the shit guy on the team it was like <laughs> we want him on our team type of thing so absolutely that you want to win yeah right. that, yeah <laughs> we're that, picking that guy yeah that racial tension was kind of a little easier i would say for me okay even though i might have heard it in the background and then when i heard it I used to snap right away. Yeah, and they stopped. And yeah. my mother was like, listen, you you can't be in the penalty box just because someone <laughs> called you a name. You know, so as I got older and the rules uh, were the old rules, not what you guys see nowadays. Right. Back then, it was like, oh, that kid's got the puck. I'm just going to run him over. That's the kid that called me a name last time. Mm -hmm. I'm running him over, and it was okay <laughs> back then. So yes. that's how I played when okay. I was young. So I, I, I didn't know any better, and that's. I thought that's how you were supposed to play because that's why it seems like every kid hit each other like yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. So the physical nature of the sport gravitated you to the hockey more than, say, baseball or basketball or any other sport? Or? The other sports were just too slow. <laughs> they just it, they just moved too slow. Okay. And I like and I didn't like football. You know, so I I played football. I had five scholarship offers in high school after playing one year. Gee. And I just I was like. What is this guy hitting me for? I don't have the ball. Like it wasn't yeah, fun to right. me. I had a puck, right? Like yeah. so the, the, the it, separate thing, right? It was just you know, guy blindsided you for no re like you were. I didn't feel like I was in the play. Then I'm like, somebody's gonna get hurt out here if, if I keep playing football. Like <laughs> I'm gonna start doing things to other players and it's just a face mask. You know, yeah. I just the, those rules, those games weren't for me. And hockey was my love. And that's you know, my father had never seen hockey. You know, mm. so. Watching me, I mean, he's a fan. If you call my mother and father right now, my mother, if I tell her there's a game on, she's turning it on. She doesn't care what channel it is. She's wow. turning it on. My dad probably doesn't care, uh -huh. you know, but he loved, you know, and he backed me and he did everything he could possibly do the so supportive. I could have the best, best things, best skates, best whatever. He did it and went out there and got it. That's big time. I love that, man. So how did that progress there? Was it like, did you get into it early, like leagues? You know, how was it? you know, fundamentally set up differently, you know, there versus here? Again, being in Canada, all the kids playing, now you see the older kids, oh, they go to junior. Is that what you're supposed to do? Do you go to college? Mm, yeah. College wasn't a big thing. It wasn't a thought. It was thought the only good players play junior. From junior, you turn professional. Wow. Okay. So, and believe it or not, I played them both, you know, trying to find my way. And if, if I sat here and pulled out all my stats from as a young child, you know, a junior player, and you're like, okay, then he went to university. Then he went to college. Then he went to university. Then he was like, went to university, left, went to play pro. Nope, going back to college. Then went bread pro again. And I was determined that I would play in the NHL. Yeah. No matter what the doubt sayers would say, I sure. was like, I am going to play in the NHL and prove a lot of people wrong. And again, I did it. You know, I did it. Was there somebody that you looked up to that maybe were in the NHL at that time when you was growing up through juniors? Not my, again when I played, and it, so you, I see you guys are Laker fans. I wasn't a fan of a team, okay. I was a fan of players. Yeah, any sport it, of any sport, it didn't Just, matter if the Pistons. Oh, okay. I mean, like I told you guys earlier, my cousin played for the Pistons, right? I didn't really care for the Pistons, I like certain <laughs> players, right? You know, so I like certain players when I was playing hockey. Do I want to be that guy? No, he's a goalie. No, I don't want to play that position. Do you want to play, for, <laughs> you know, 
I just wanted to be part of that. I wanted to have a part of that, and I wanted to be part of everybody. Okay. And, again, I didn't follow a team. I just followed players, and I just loved the sport, and I just wanted to play, and it was fun. You know, make a living out of it. You don't really think about making a living, sure. how much money you can make really? as you get older. Then you start hearing, oh, I can make this kind of money. Right. Now I'm like, I tell my friends, and I go, we should have been born 30 years later. Right, right. <laughs> the, 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 the size of money is a little bit different right about yeah. now. <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit about juniors. I spent a little time in Boston, and so I was aware of the juniors a little bit through some just coworkers that I worked with. So how, how was your time in juniors? It was a bit of a grind. Yeah. It was a bit of a grind, and you get through, you know, in juniors, you ride the bus. To ride 13 mm-hmm. hours to go play a game somewhere, you know, was not uncommon. You get used to that kind of stuff. And then at the same time, now that you're in junior, you're playing either major junior. If you're playing junior B, you're trying to get to the next. How do I get to the next level? How do I get to the next level? And then it's like in your thought or what you know is if you play pro, you don't have to ride a bus for 14 hours. Right. You know, you're going to be on a plane now, you know. And so that in your mind, you're like, that's what I want to do next. And so it was like making each one of those levels. Now, you could play pro hockey and play in the American League, and they took buses everywhere. So to play a game, travel seven hours get to a hotel four o'clock in the morning, have to play that night. You know, now you're like, I don't want to be in the American league. <laughs> right. I want to be in the NHL. We right. fly there. We don't take a bus. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of different things that happen. And then, you know, I played in the IHL where in the IHL, if you live in the West, you flew. Okay. So I was like, I don't want to play in the East. I don't right. want to play, play I live in the West. West mm-hmm. If I'm going to play in the minor. So mm-hmm. those little things would go through your head. And if you could make those choices of where you want you, where you can play, then you try to go those routes. Now, I think, I don't know how much busing they do anymore. Right. I think most teams probably fly, and, and the teams are everywhere. So everywhere. They, they've got to fly. But the lower leagues, the East Coast League and Southern Professional Leagues, those teams are busing. They're not flying. Mm. So it's a that's, a, a, that's a you know, 20 hours. Like guys out north or west in Canada, junior hockey, mm-hmm. 23 hours on a bus. That's a grind. Yeah. Jeez. So they had some long bus. That's a, that's a grind. They, you know, I tell them, oh, yeah, we had a six-hour bus ride. They're like, what was that? Like, you stopped. <laughs> was that lunch? Like, they had 14, 15-hour bus rides. I mean, I, that was unheard of where I was from. That's a grind. I mean, in my experience with Greyhound buses, uh, uh, anything over about four hours is, ooh. Yeah, I had only one experience with a Greyhound bus, and I was like, never again. <laughs> I don't have to go that bad. <laughs> so. Uh, he, he brought up Boston, and you know that was the one. The, that was a professional team you played with, right? You played with the Bruins, right? Yes, sir. So you had that set that it was professional. That's where you wanted to get. So how did you make that happen, and what was the process? So my first three years, I was with Calgary. Okay. And I played in the minors in Salt Lake City, and then I got a phone call, and you know, you want to come to Boston? What? What? NHL? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to go to Boston. Oh, you know, it didn't I, matter what team. You know, you didn't care what the bus ride was. Yeah. I right? just get you up there. So. You know, I finally went there, and I was determined that I knew what I had to do to, you know, to make that team and type of thing, and went out there and did that, and, you know, went through training camp and fought my way kind of through training camp and got to that first game. And, like, unfortunately, my parents weren't there. Oh, that's um, But they had seen me play some exhibition games with Calgary, and they, I don't know if they – yeah, they seen with Boston, too, because they'd flown to Toronto, so – or drove up to Toronto, so it was – uh but that first game, I mean, from <laughs> the nervous energy from the morning to staying at, you were staying at the hotel down the street. Oh, boy. And I was riding with another rookie and the cab riding, you know, Boston, downtown Boston. Can't move around at 5 o'clock. Cannot. 4 o'clock. 
And not. so that was another question. How was Boston? Because uh, getting how about this? I was two miles okay. from the God, Boston Garden. <laughs> the Garden. The Garden. Yeah, I was two miles and had to get out of the cab and run because we thought we were going to be late. And we were two blocks away. You know, <laughs> yeah. we were so scared and nervous. It was our first game. You know, uh-huh. you know, you don't want to be late. And, you know, what are they going to do to you as a rookie? And, you know, it was, and it was, like I said, the nervous energy before the game. And then once, once I got out, once you put your skates on, it, it's okay. Everything, it everybody's kind of normal. You know, they don't make you feel like a rookie. They try to make you belong, you know. That's and good. I just went out there and I did my thing. That's awesome. So the Bruins obviously have a, a, a kind of a, it's a historic franchise for many different reasons, but one of them they had the first black player in the NHL that played for Willie O'Ree played for the Boston Bruins. So I guess being that you went to that franchise, uh, was that something that you even thought about, or was just this is my shot to play in the NHL? My shot to play in the NHL. I mean, to be honest with you, if someone would have asked me back that, did you know Willie O'Ree? I would have probably said no. Yeah. You know, I just wasn't something I really thought about. about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew Tony McKechnie was playing the NHL, was playing at the time. Grant Fear was playing at the time. So I knew those guys were in the league. Right. And I knew, you know, I didn't know him. I knew Tony probably the best. And now Grant and I are really good friends now. Okay. Um, You know, there was a few other guys were playing. Dale Craigwell playing for San Jose. So there were guys playing around the league. Right. And, um, but it wasn't that thought that didn't come to my mind. Mm -hmm. Didn't think of, yeah, you're in Boston, probably most racist place around. (laughs) Yes. You didn't. And when people ask me about that, I go, no, people weren't racist to me. As I think because I I played for the Bruins. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you got the Bruins. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I played for the Bruins and again, tough guys. Everybody loved the tough guys on the team. You know, they'll, you get in a fight, they're chanting your name. They might not chant the guy who scores a goal. (laughs) You know, so that was I. That was the other position. Mm-hmm. Might have made it a little easier playing there, mm-hmm. and but I said I loved playing in Boston. It was, I mean, really? the rink was so small, uh-huh. guys couldn't escape. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, you know, can't get away. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, like you got him here, you know, type of thing. So it was just that whole city, and then people in you know engulfed me, brought me in. I mean, the building manager for the Fenway Park. Okay. I got to go around in the whole entire bunch. We're still good friends, him and I. Yeah. Oh, nice. You know, to got to go in there and, you know, watch batting practice and venture around and see spots that a normal person wouldn't get to see in Boston. So You really embraced there, man, because yeah, you were part of the team. I and, loved it. You know, and well, I, li- I lived there once. I actually lived in Rhode Island for the summer. in uh, Providence? And no, no. What's the the thing on the water there? Um, God, it just left my head. Uh It'll come to me. I can't the, think of it. Not the Cape. Um, no, nah, it's. I know what you're talking. It's I just, like a summer place. Though. Yeah, yeah. God, why can't I think of this? I, I lived there know. for five weeks. Is it Newport? <laughs> Newport. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I All probably right. shouldn't have lived there, but I did. <laughs> Boy, Newport, Rhode Island is a beautiful place. Beautiful, huh? Yeah. And, and the thing about Boston is, like, I mean, it's there's there's some race things to it, but absolutely, it's more like if you're a Bruin, you cool. Like if you're a Red Sox, we good. If you're a Celtic, we you are. good. You're if you're not from Boston, right. I don't know who you are anyway. Get out of here. <laughs> One guy with the Bruins, uh, Ray Ward, Hall of Famer. know a little bit about him because he came to the Avalanche, won a Stanley Cup when I grew up in Colorado. So how was playing with Ray Ward? Unbelievable. Yeah. He was the most gentleman, gentleman of gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an amazing player and a great teammate. Oh, dope. And, you know, he was the leader in the room. He didn't say a lot. You know, he wasn't piping up and – rah, rah, rah type thing. But when Ray said something, the room would go quiet. Yeah, wow. The coach could be talking, and I could hear guys over there still whispering about something. But Ray Bork had something to say, and it was like, <laughs> what's Ray got to say? That's what we're doing. You know, right. 
Unbelievable. Like, really, and I actually, when he won the Stanley Cup with Colorado, I actually texted him. I was like, congratulations, yeah. Bubba. Like, what a great guy. Yeah. And he was a he was a defenseman, right? And he, but he was always kind of up in the points all yeah. the time. How, and that's not usually normal, right? So like he was he was like Bobby Orr. So Bobby yeah. Orr back in his day yeah. was probably the best player on the team, right? And he was a defenseman, and yeah. he could Bobby could score at any time at will. But Ray, he was just like you know. Here's a quick story with Ray. Okay, face off one at the beginning of the game. Okay, Ray would get the puck because he always always started, uh-huh. and he would get the puck and he would take a slap shot from the red line at the goalie. So. <laughs> I'd seen it. I'd been on the ice, not really paying attention. Uh-huh. And one day the puck went back, and I whipped around, and I cut through the middle, and he took a shot, and it zipped right by my face. And it went <laughs> right on the goal, and I get to the bench, and he's like, Banksy, what are you what doing? Are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was going, man. And he goes, you know I shoot at the goalie. Because I guess and he's probably scored some goals doing it. Sure. But. I just wasn't thinking, and I <laughs> I seen it in a thing to zip by my face, and you know he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> the legend. That's awesome. So you're the like the OG of enforcers, man. Before the Ryan Reeves that we have here, man. So how did you you know embody that other than just wanting to whoop some ass? <laughs> but um, you were a wing, right? That was your position. Who did you look toward? Because you said you looked at certain people and like, oh, I like that. And and how did you identify that's the position you wanted? It, it kind of grew on me. Gotcha. You know, it was, uh, I was a, always a physical player. I always played physical. I love hitting. I love sticking up for my teammates. So okay. if somebody was beating up one of my teammates, I'm the first guy to jump in and loved it. Like, just a big grin on my face. You know, if anybody that knows me has ever even meet me now, I'm always smiling. Uh-huh. And when I was on the ice, I was still smiling. And then the old oh, Jekyll and High eyes probably rolled back in the back of my head, and, you know, I, I turned into something else. But I was out there, but I was always smiling, always having a good time, but I love playing physical. And if there was a fight to be had, why not? You know, and, if, you know, guys, I mean, Ryan Reeves could tell you right now, guys don't get hurt in fights. Mm. Very, very, you, yeah, a guy gets his jaw broken. Again, oh, hold on, hold on. Right. You just said, <laughs> he said guys don't get hurt. Is this a regular injury? Yeah, yeah but it, 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 it doesn't happen very often. you got a better chance of getting your jaw broken skating around a puck in the okay. face. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How I sense. got my jaw broken. Okay. But oh, getting punched in the face, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Like, it does not hurt at all. Oh, it stitches, big deal. Like, you get stitched up. No, yeah. you That's know. hockey tough they, right they there. They say hockey players are built different. Built different. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you, you don't cr- sit on the ice and cry <laughs> about a little bump or a scrape. Now, but now the way the rules are played, you'll see a guy get a stick across the face, and he'll die on the ice like someone just shot his grandmother. Like, yeah. and you're like, what are they doing? But they're trying to draw penalties. Penalty. Right. Gotcha. They're not hurt, and they they're, they've also learned not to play through those things. Where we were played is, are you hurt or are you injured? That's the I'm, they don't do that anymore. Yeah. I am so glad you brought that up. They don't do that anymore. This was a question I had, and this this may be an ignorant question, but this this is a, definitely a question I had. Right. So the NBA, the average career is four years. NFL, the average career is probably 3.3. Baseball is around 5.4 years. NHL is like five years, five and a half. Now, when I think of hockey, you just said it, the rink is small. Those boards are not soft. That puck is frozen and moving fast. Fast. The players are big. And moving fast. Moving fast. (laughs) The skates are blades. Blades. Weapons. It's a physical game, <laughs> and, and and the ground is ice, <laughs> so it's unforgiving. But it's I I guess I it seems like hockey players can play for a long time. So I guess what about the game allows you to 
extend your career. Doesn't have that much beat up on your body, or maybe they just take it. It's 82 games in the, in the NHL oh, season, yes. too. Right? So, like, what about the game that— No load management. <laughs> so, I, that seems like a recipe for injury to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. But for some reason, they play longer. 14 years. And then, Yeah. <laughs> and then what about and in your personal regimen? How did you stay healthy through that time? Uh, well, I never played 82 games. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I might have been suspended. I say more, more, more than once. Right? I might have been suspended more than once. But uh. pull your groins. That was like probably that was a common for me. Now these guys, they're better. They're in better condition. Way better condition. We are. You know, these guys are in the yoga stretching. I, I stretch like. I didn't stretch, you know, and probably maybe would have played longer and right. maybe healthier. But um, to answer that question, I don't know. I mean, you know, now my body, I'm 50, whatever now. <laughs> um, it, it's beat up sometimes. And, I, and, sure. I, and I'm and i whining about little things like, oh, why does my back hurt? Like, where did this weird pain come from? And my dad said it to me. He goes, you've been in probably over more than 2,000 Violent collisions. collisions. Right. Yes. And he goes, that's not normal. At all. You know, goes, so things are, I can, might be out of whack now. You know, your shoulders. I mean, I've had six, seven sh- surgeries on my shoulders. None on my knee, thank God. But, you know, my hands and stuff like that and face. But it just, I, to answer the question why, I don't know. Like, and I always look at football players and I go, yeah, pussies. I don't know if I can say that word. But <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't would go that far. One, one game a week. Are you kidding me? One Jeez. game a week, and you, and you guys can't. But yeah, they violent collisions, right? Yeah. But unexpected collisions, again. But so were ours. Okay. Right. You know, you had to puck, but and we move a lot faster on skates than you, you can on your feet. The field is a lot. The, the area is smaller too. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't answer the question why. Just we seem to play through it. And again, are you hurt? Are you injured? Hurt. If you're if you're injured, you can't play. You can't play. Right. You're yeah. hurt. You can probably play through being hurt. And we at back then, you learned to play through. You know, there'd be guys would you know, you'll hear about him in playoffs, and it'll be like, oh, he had a broken tibia. You know, now he's got to get it fixed at the end of the season. How did he play on it? Because yeah, you kind of mind, you mind over too. matter type of thing. <laughs> you know, and I and I say it now, and it might be a problem the broken kids have tibia. nowadays, but Stanley Cup finals, uh-huh. I'm saying, why aren't you trying to hurt that guy? Because – I'm trying to hurt him. I want to win. I don't care if I knock his teeth out. He breaks his leg. He can't skate. I want the cup at the end. You know, if my mother's on the other team, she's getting run over just like everybody else. But they don't think like that. They think, hey, that's my buddy. I don't want to hurt him. Well, guess what? He'll heal. You know, and their mentality's not that way anymore. And And they've moved the rules that way. And... I yeah. know hockey's different, and I mean, I love the sport. Right. Even now, I mean, these guys are crazy fast, mm-hmm. crazy fast. And taking the red eye another game is, I think, is kind of dangerous because it only makes these guys faster. Yeah. Where if you put it back in, they got to slow down a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. they can't have two line passes. So yeah, your answer to that question of why we play much longer could have been heart, could have been will. Yeah. But. Built you, different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can call it whatever. Because, I mean, a broken jaw, I'm going to sit out. As a former football player, if I got a broken jaw, I'm going to take a week off. Man, I'm still <laughs> getting punched in week. the face. <laughs> I'm still caught up on that. You still going to punch off. me in the face. <laughs> all right, man. Oh, so, all right, we do have to move forward. But uh, So, we want a little talk about in the game, what you're working on presently. So, you know, currently, you're executive casino host at the D. Now, kind of explain that. And then I wanted to ask, is it – 
across properties because it's just more than that, you know, property you guys have in that portfolio. So tell us a little bit about your current role. Yeah, now my role is I'm the VIP executive host and, and you know, it's to bring in players, uh, gamblers, right? Uh, and I meet and greet everybody, hug, kiss, you know, everything with the customer and get them the needs that they want. You know, it could be a limo ride. It could be, you know, picking up from the airport, making sure their room's ready when they get here, making sure maybe he wants a case of beer in his room, uh, all those little amenities for their room to make them happy, comfortable when they're here. And a great experience. Yes. And the one thing that we have at the D at the Golden Gate and soon to be Circa is customer service. We're here to make sure you have the time of your life on, you know, whatever day you're here. And hopefully that the time that you had that you want to return, you know, it could be two weeks, could be one week, could be one month, could be four months. I mean, you know, we want you to return. We don't want you to have to go to other casinos because you didn't enjoy sure. your time with, there, That's with awesome. us. So how'd you get into the role? How did, how did that transition? Well, believe it or not, Derek Stevens, who owns the D and all these properties now, is a friend of mine from back in Detroit. And he invited me out one day and I came out and then our conversation turned to is, would you like to move to Vegas? You know, and I'm like, what about, you know, what he asked me, what about Vegas don't you like? Right. And I'm like, when do you want me here? (laughs) You know, I I, I quit my job more or less on the spot and I was back out here, you know, less than five weeks. I think I was back. That's amazing, man. I just dropped everything and I I was here. I love it here. That's it's, a, it's a great city. That's a shoot your shot as well. Definitely <laughs> is. So, but you actually spent a little time here in Vegas, right? So uh, during your hockey career, so with the Thunder, right, we just actually uh, inducted him to the Las Vegas Sports Hall of Fame. So how was that stint? How long were you here? How was it playing here? I was here parts of two seasons. Okay. Uh, and this is 95, I think, in mm-hmm. 90s. I don't remember what years it was. But 94, 95? Yeah, and then part of another season. But anyways, mm-hmm. I was here and – we used to hang out with the Hard Rock. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was like, and that's what's crazy. Like, people that have been here, like, the Hard Rock used to be, like, the epic center of, like, a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. a lot of stories have a Hard Rock component to them. Yeah, I mean, I can't even tell you the things I was doing back then. But, <laughs> you know, t- Caesars and those properties didn't really mean much to me. You know, we would go there, but, no, we went to the Hard Rock. So, playing here, we had great teams. And there's, I think there's 10 guys that still live here that I played with. Oh, dope. Okay. So, uh, great nucleus of guys, and it was just so fun, and we were so good. Like, mm-hmm. very good teams, very well coached, great general manners, great owners, and it was just fun playing here, and that's probably why guys stayed, you know, mm-hmm. after their sure. careers were ending. Uh, they stayed here, and they, you know, I, want, I remember the one team we had, there was, out of the 27 guys, I think 24 of us had played at least one game in the NHL. Oh, wow. So we were some talent. talent. Yeah, we were <laughs> really talented players. Stacked. We had really talented players, and it was it was fun. It was great playing here. The city doesn't look anything like it did back then. <laughs> you know, I live out in Summerlin, and Summerlin Parkway wasn't here. Uh, yeah. Yes. You know, so the only thing was there was a golf course. And so, it was. <laughs> you know, the city's really changed, but uh, I couldn't wait for the opportunity to come back here. And, I mean, this city's unbelievable. It's amazing. What from your days of playing, I mean, kind of the locker room, obviously, and meeting having different relationships with different people from all across the world. How does that play into your job now? You know, as you said, you know, in the D Hotel, you guys are big on customer service. How does that play into your job now? Well, my personality when I played, I was, you know, I won't say I was a team leader, but I was kind of like, I wasn't following other guys, but guys were following me. Okay. And I like 
to have all the guys together mm-hmm. all the time. I was like, come on, let's party. If we're going to go to a bar, let's everybody let go, go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you staying home for? No, everybody goes. Let's, <laughs> you know, I was the happy-go-lucky, like to have a good time, and could have been a downfall in my career, but who cares? <laughs> you know, I had a good time. years. Yeah, yeah, but I had a good time, and maybe could have played some more games in the NHL, but whatever. You know, it, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I don't, you know, I don't resent it, but... I like to have a good time, and I want, and I love meeting people. And now my job is meeting different people every right, day. Right. Every day I meet somebody That's different. Awesome. I don't always remember your name. I remember your face, or I might remember what you drink. You know, so <laughs> Cabernet. You know, I, I I know this now. <laughs> but it was it, it, my job is like that now. So now it's I'm meeting from old people, young people, women, men. You know transvestites, whatever. I meet everybody and I have fun with everybody. And that's part of my role is to make sure everybody, again, customer service. We, we can't strive that anymore in our properties is to make sure that everybody has fun at all times. Not only the game of hockey, but growing up in Toronto, I've heard that I've never been to Toronto, but I've heard it's a melting pot of a million different cultures and things like that. Does that play into how you kind of relate to people now? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're going to meet, I may meet a Chinese lady who doesn't speak English very well. Right. But sometime I'll, I'll figure out some way to communicate with her, mm-hmm. you know, and make that connection with her. And to the point where, you know, she's turning around and she might not understand, but I get that look or right. whatever it is. And, and we understand each other for a brief moment uh-huh. and get what we need done, you know. Nice. And again, you, I meet, you know, playing hockey, you play with a lot of, I play with some guys who couldn't speak English when they first started with mm-hmm. us from Russia couldn't speak English at mm. all and to go through the season and watch them progress into learning English and you communicating him and trying to learn Russian or trying to learn <laughs> Swedish yeah. you know and having fun with it yeah, you know yeah. and obviously back back then it was a little different you could say things to each other that you can't say now <laughs> yeah it's a little, but, little, you know little, right yeah, a little bit different times a little different <laughs> yeah. now so you know, so, you know, and back in those days, I got to remember not to use that thing now. But it's you know, it was fun, and it was all in fun, right? It wasn't done maliciously or Definitely. anything, but it right. was all done in fun. And now it's you know, I meet a lot of different people and have to put on wear different hats sometimes sure. with different people. You know, I got to sure. be a little more proper with that guy. Oh no, this guy's crazy. I got to be crazy with him. Yeah, right? you yeah. know, and yeah. just make them feel good. Yeah, and it and it's not a hard thing to do. I right. mean, some people might have a difficulty talking to different people or acting different ways where I can be myself, be as crazy as I want to be, but no one to be more reserved when I have to be around certain people. Absolutely. And because you've had like with all the experiences you've had and you can be yourself on multiple different levels, you know what I mean? So and still be your true self. Layers. So with your passion and your love for hockey, have you been able to incorporate that with your job currently? I mean, with the Knights in town and then with like your relationship, like I didn't know that many people, uh, guys from the Thunder still lived here. So just from the, the cities you've traveled, the places you've been, have you been able to kind of incorporate that with your job? Yeah, I, I've incorporated huge with my job. <laughs> okay. I mean, I seriously, if I pull up my phone and you just start scrolling names, uh-huh. guys live everywhere. Everywhere, dope. Everywhere. So I'm calling guys, hey. Look at I got this. We got this new property coming. Six pools, sports book, and, and I'm calling guys who I haven't talked to in 15 years. Yeah, but and and you can guys again when I kept that communication with guys, uh-huh. and I still do. And guys will be like, first call I'll get to be like, hey Banksy, do you know where so and so is? Have you talked to him? Yeah, I think I talked to him like, like a year ago. Oh, like three months ago. You're like, you still keep in contact? I'm like, yeah, yep. I keep in contact with everyone. Everybody. That's I awesome, try man. to make you know, and I'll some days just scroll through my phone and just say like. I haven't heard from that guy in a while. Let me call him and see what he's doing. And they, they get so excited. They're like, Banksy, 
thank you for calling. Really appreciate it. Can't believe you know you're still keeping in contact. And then with all this social networking, I mean, I'm not great at it, right? But I try to throw it out there. And then when I see somebody make a comment I haven't heard from, I immediately respond back to them. Sure. That's fantastic. And say, hey, what's going on? Because again, contacts is you know it's like your book that you work when you work as a host. You got to have a book of people, and you never know who you know right. sometimes. And you know how some people have progressed. I mean, I know a guy now who was okay when he, when we were kids and younger, and now he's one of the richest guys in Canada. Yeah. You know, and, and you would never think that back then. And just, you know, the pe- you don't know who you're going to meet sometimes. Right. And I try to keep those connections, you know, obviously you can't call everybody or text everybody, but right. you can throw them out there. And with COVID, I found that people got closer with people. Yes. Yeah. You know, they were sending texts to people they haven't talked to in ages, you know. And again, I've always tried to keep those contacts with people you know like me or don't like me and i might be talking to a guy that hates me but whatever if he's willing to talk back to me then obviously don't hate me that much right that's a lost skill actually picking up the phone and calling people and just reaching out staying in contact and not for needing something right like just to to reach out and just be like hey what's up yeah Yeah, i would rather not call somebody and ask them for anything where i know i have some friends i know and i'll be like oh what right what do they want what do they want it's not a phone call saying hey banksy what's happening right how's your wednesday it's like oh i'm like oh god what what do they got now yeah you know and i I rolled but i don't have to answer that phone right but i do though Mm -hmm. even though they still have and i'll listen right like right you never know you know it could be something serious you know you know last day on the earth for all i know but and they're making that phone call but i again i keep those contacts and i try to reach out to people and try to stay in contact and let them know what I'm doing or where I'm at. I mean, like I said, I'm an open book. That's awesome. I got nothing to hide. Uh, Here I am. Haven't (laughs) changed. Still nuts. (laughs) Still single. (laughs) Uh, And what you do, uh, it uh, warrants maybe that, right? Like, cause uh, you out there. Yeah, I don't know if the wife would be really happy with me being out the four in the morning every day. <laughs> and and what's tough is that's the nature of the business, you know. Like when you have a high roller or someone calls you like, "Hey, I want to come to town," like you said, and with you guys being so big on customer service, you guys you're there with a smile, man, and making sure they have the best time. You better answer your phone. <laughs> and guess what? Everybody don't live in your time, time zone. zone, right? So you know, I got a friend texts me almost when he does text. Uh-huh. It's four thirty in the morning here. And I, I like to make fun of him because I'll be like, you know where you're Wait, where, what You know what time it? it was? And he doesn't even say anything. And I'll be like, okay. Okay, right. <laughs> you get it back one day. <laughs> I'm going to get you. All right. Hey, we want to jump into these quick hits. Miles, I have a couple questions for you. So um, our quick hits are sponsored by Thick Fit. Uh, when it comes to your health, it starts in the kitchen. Thick Fit Meal Prep is here to help you along your journey, providing healthy, delicious meals that are easy on the go, uh, fitting everyone's lifestyle. Call 702-850-3388 or follow them on Instagram, Thick Fit Meal Prep. Use the hashtag black and get a free additional meal on us. What you got, Miles? Mr. Banks, first time, if ever, that you were starstruck. Oh, wow. I don't even know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it pro- it's probably happened, but I don't, I don't remember. Okay. Um, shout out to a guy that you had a fight with that you was like, yeah, I'm about, I'm about to take care of that. And shout out to a guy that you were in a fight with that you was like, eh, this is going to be a difficult one. My well, I was one of my best friends, Kerry Clark. Okay, he's Wendell Clark's brother, who you've probably heard, Toronto Maple Leafs, yes. King. Mm-hmm. 
I used to fight him almost every game I played against him. <laughs> On site. <laughs> and he knew it. Like, there was no if, ands, or doubts. It was going to happen. Uh, now, the second part, Tony Twist okay. played for St. Louis Blues. I knew he was tough. I wasn't sure how tough he was. <laughs> But I knew it was going to be a bit of it was going to be a battle for me, <laughs> and we ended up having three fights and two games back to back. So mm. it was, yeah, battling. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was kind of made my career a little bit at the beginning. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, the championship, the trophies. Which is the best? And I think I know your answer, but we'll get to number two if I think I know your answer. So, which is the best team sport or just major professional sports? What's the best looking trophy to you? Stanley Cup. Okay. I figured he's going to go that. <laughs> what would be number two? Uh, oh, the Super Bowl. I, I, Super I forget Bowl. what it's called, though. The Lombardi. Lombardi, Lombardi Trophy, yeah. Lombardi's number yeah. two. I think that's a cool trophy. What would be the worst one? I'm not really sure what the basketball trophy looks like. Because uh, I know what the – I know what the, Larry O'Brien. Larry O'B. Is it the one with the basket with the the, like the net hanging down? The baseballs with the, all the flags, right? Yeah, the baseball has the pennants. Yeah, like those, the... both of those two trophies. I don't know, basketball <laughs> and baseball. <laughs> I mean, like, do like when they win the World Series and they hold that thing around once. The Stanley Cup, the guys, every guy wants to hold that hold thing. I love it. That, yeah, and they, they pass hold it, it around. They pass it around. Yeah, and then Slice and it's a cereal it's, out of it the next yeah. day. <laughs> you know, a thirty-five pound trophy. You're not picking up with one hand. All right, holding it in the air. No, right. you need both hands. You got to be a man and hold that thing over your head. I don't care if you're. I tell you right now, there's been guys who arms are broken, and I'm telling you, they find a way to get, get that, that trophy, trophy over up. their head. They'll get it over their head when they win it. Now that's big time. The worst looking trophy to me. Is World Cup's trophy. You got well, a little that? ball, right? That little is they <laughs> they represent their whole country and they hold up this oh, little, little. Well, I thought we were gonna go like tennis. Isn't it like a a a, a nah, cheese platter? No, nah, like, that Wimbledon. That's number two for me. That Wimbledon trophy is number yeah, two. I don't. But those are team trophies, though. So, but but to the team trophy, this that the, World the Cup, World Cup, that Fisher yeah. Price trophy is terrible. <laughs> but the Masters. Winning that green jacket is That the green world. jacket is nice, Now, too. I was at the Masters last year. Okay. And it was on my bucket list. And if you've never been, I don't even care. If you like golf a little bit, yeah. you got to go. go. I agree. You, got, you, you don't understand that golf course until you've seen it in person. Wow. Yeah. Augusta. Augusta. Unbelievable. Okay. All right. So, uh, jumping into the winner's circle, uh, you know, this is where we talk about what you got going on and what's coming up. And we're really excited. Um, you know, you want to talk about Circa. You briefly mentioned that as one of the properties that's under you guys' portfolio. So tell us about Circa. I'm telling you, if you've never been to Las Vegas, uh-huh. or better than that, if you've been to Las Vegas, okay, and you probably think going on the Strip, see the Bellagio, Venetian, these places are great, awesome. Circa is going to blow it away. Let's go. Let's get into the details. Let's go. Away. Tell us more. Tell our, us more. Our sports book is three levels. Three levels of sports book. You got TV screen. There ain't a game you can't see. <laughs> in every position, high, low, laying down in a chair that lounges back, okay. couches. Um, it, it's just it's hard to explain this. I, I'm trying to think what's the biggest one here. It might be the thing at the Westgate. Which is yeah. kind of like a stadium. Yeah, probably. This is stadium seating, couches, unbelievable, and you can see it from everywhere in the casino. 
our pool, stadium swim, six pools, three levels, two hot tubs at the end, 145-foot TV screen. Do I have to say more? Rock sound, Where's- concert sound outside. <laughs> Customer service, pool open 365 days a year. Wow. In the winter, we're going to heat it so you can still get in the water. Man, where's Kluth dropped the bombs on it every time he says so? We need the, we need the bombs dropped, everything he said, every amenity. <laughs> I mean, what else do we want? Oh, wait a minute. Legacy Club. On the roof of the building. So I was going to ask. Take a little foundation room. Let's okay. take it and put it upstairs. Nice classy area. Maybe go outside with a little fire pace, place. Look around. See the whole entire city from up there. You want to see north. You want to see south. You want to see east. You want to see west. You see it all from the Legacy Club. No TVs. This isn't going up there sports fans. You go up there with your boys. You go up there with your gal. You go up there with a group of gals. Or you got <laughs> It is the spot to okay. go late night, maybe as watch the sun go down. Oh, wow, yeah. Might be a nice spot for you. Restaurant, Barry's. What am I going to say about Barry's? Mm, Everybody about knows Barry from Nine Steakhouse. Yeah. An amazing chef. Yeah. This steakhouse is going to rock your socks off. Chef Barry's got <laughs> a little Barry's. spot. Shout now, out to Chef Barry. Hang, hang on, we're going to hang over the sports book. We're gonna, we, want a burger and, we want a burger and wings. Yeah. We I go do to want Victory wings. Burger. I love wings. Victory, wait a minute. Uh-oh. The Banks Barbecue Burger is oh, there. Woo-hoo. We got a, a signature burger on the menu. The signature burger <laughs> okay. is at the Victory Burger. You're going to go right in there. You can still watch the game It'll from Victory Burger. It'll break your jaw, huh? No, it, it won't break your jaw. <laughs> this one just melts. <laughs> oh, you, oh, so you want a, little noodles? We got yeah. 80s. So the guys own the Thai down here. Oh, uh, Their okay. menu's on there. Dope. Then we got Saginaw's. Uh, delicatessen. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get deli sandwiches. No, we're not closing this place. We're leaving it open 24 hours. You can go there and get a sandwich and all the things that they have. And I don't know if you know Zingerman's, but if you're in the Detroit area, mm. Flint area, okay. Zingerman's, delicatessen, unbelievable. Like the sandwiches are unreal. Um, what else we got? I'm probably missing something. I can't think of it right now. I mean, shit, y'all. <laughs> we're missing something. I don't know what you, uh, another restaurant. But anyways, there's five restaurants. There's a Vegas Vicky. Everybody remembers Vegas Vicky back in the day, hanging downtown. Yeah, she's in the building. Reno- renovated Vegas Vicky, looking Look hot. <laughs> looking hot. Brought and, her back, boy. Yeah, we brought Vegas Vicky back. She looks, she looks cleaner. She looks, she looks good. She got facelift. We got all the surgery. Oh, yeah. Got everything. Got she all got the her work sur- done. She got her cosmetic surgery done. She's looking good. <laughs> That's what's up. So. Why um, there was a conscious um, move to make it 21 or older? What was the kind of approach for that? Is it just is it filling a niche that you think that's missing? What was, what was the thought behind that? I think it was a little, and, and I can't speak completely about it because I'm not really sure. Okay, but I think it was something to bring back old Vegas, where back in the day everybody was 20. There was no kids running kids around, and, and it's kind of weird when you walk in a casino nowadays, especially you know at midnight and you see these kids in strollers and i i, I, don't, I don't understand the parents that bring their kids here especially right. the young ones do they want to see people that they don't know inebriated like <laughs> i just don't think it's a place for kids and why not make everybody 21 and it makes it easier for the customers you know people watching you do want to watch your language when you're you know kids aren't supposed to be staying on the table you know on the casino floors anyways right but you know adults use adult language and you know you don't want your eight-year-old to hear that or your 12-year-old uh, so I think that was part of the reasoning. And then, you know, go to the pool. There's no crying babies out there. It just gives it an adult vibe. It's a different yeah. vibe when, you know. You can... And again, it's just fun. We're here to have fun. 
and you, all you're going to do is you come to circus, have fun. But it's always been like that at the D, and it's always been like that at the Golden Gate. Now this is just a bigger property, uh, obviously a lot more money, <laughs> but it's going to be, it, it, it's, it's something to see, you know, in what, 30, 40 million people come to Vegas every year. Right. I'm pretty sure 80% of them are going to come downtown at least once. Just to check And guess everything. what? Come down and see me. I'll like be at the it. long bar. I'll be at the mega bar. I will be there. Hit him on his social media. <laughs> so we were talking before the show. Barbecue. <laughs> right. Uh, hit him, and he will definitely see you at one of those spots. He'll find you where you are. But you guys, I mean, testament to downtown has changed, right? We talked about yeah. early on, you said uh, your days from being here playing with the Thunder to when you move back, how the, the, the town has changed, right? From, you know, living in Summerlin to what it looks like now. I mean, downtown has the same thing, and you guys with the circuit are changing the skyline. I mean, just even coming off the ramp to get down here to the studio, you see it. I'm like, oh, there it is. Um, that's the first property that's been built from ground up in downtown since like over 40 years or something like that. Yeah, 40 years. And then right now, I think you can pretty much see Circa from anywhere in the city. I don't care if you're in Henderson, Summerlin, you can see it. And we haven't even lit it up yet. (laughs) You haven't even seen it lit up. I think somebody said about maybe two weeks ago, they were testing the TV screen. And people thought the building was lit up. And I go, no, it was that's the TV. TV that's a TV screen that's outside at the pool. So you can imagine what that looks like at nighttime. I love it. So um, give me differences, or just so, so you know, our listeners understand. So there's Circa, the property, and then there's Circa Sports. So talk about what the, the balance is and, and how does that work out and how they work together, I guess. So Circa Sports is obviously you can get the sport, Circa Sports Sports app on your phone. And while you're in the state of Nevada – you can gamble on your phone on Circus Sports. Oh, okay. And it's also, Circus Sports is in Colorado. Oh, so we just, we Shout launched that in July 1st, I think it was. And we're going to hit more, we're going to hit more states. So Circus Sports mobile app is, you know, and we have the best odds out there, I would think. And we take a lot of different uh, bets that some some casinos won't take. So uh, Med, or Matt Medcalf, uh, these guys are unbelievable. Our sports guys. I mean, I go. I went in the war room a couple times to see what these guys do, and uh-huh. it's amazing. I never seen a guy looking at six TV screens <laughs> and throwing up lines on, and he's just doing baseball. You know, I mean, these guys are unbelievable hard workers in uh-huh. a room. And I, I mean, I went in there, and I'm a talker, right? Like uh-huh. I like to talk and goof around and stuff. <laughs> I went in there, and I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I didn't know if I was supposed to say a peep. Right. Did I say hello? I didn't say anything. I just stood there and looked around. Didn't like want to mess up the Christmas. vibe. Oh, I was right? like a kid on Christmas just waiting to open up his toys. <laughs> so it's it's unbelievable to see that. In, uh, but Circus Sports and then obviously Circus, the hotel, seven. And when it's when they finish it, when we open, I think we're only opening with 500 and X mountain rooms. Okay, and when but, is that? Because you're talking about doing like a dual yeah, opening, right? So it's going to be open December 28th. So that's okay. That's it. That's when the hotel's going to open, and okay. we're going to open with 500 and odd number. I don't know what the exact number. Just is. Just a couple floors, right? Floors, and then the well, casino, right? We're going to open up everything except for I think 30. We have 35 floors. I think we're only opening 30 floors. Okay. So they're going to leave some rooms because they want to test it to see do we want more suites, do we want more two bedroom suites? Oh. Do we want so they're not going to open the whole entire thing? It's supposed to be seven hundred seventy seven rooms. Okay, imagine that number seven <laughs> seven seven. <laughs> Cha-ching. Hit that slot machine. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah, so it's a little different circus sports. But like I said, 
you know, if you've been to the D and you've seen Ivan, the bartender, who mm-hmm. you can't miss him, he's crazy hair, fun yeah. bartender. Flair bartender. He'll still be there. You okay. know, he'll still be at the D. We're not going to lose those guys. The guys are at the gate. The girls are at the gate. Bar Canada that's up in, that never really got its official opening in, in the D because it happened right at COVID. COVID. We never okay. officially opened the bar. So now it's open and it's all, and we're really pushing for Canadians to come here. Like, hey, listen. It's going to be your hockey spot. It's going to be the hockey bar. So you're going to come up to Bar Canada where we have, you know, Canadian beers and stuff like we'll that. We'll get you some Molson ice. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't sell that stuff no more. I don't think. I don't He's think like, nope. Molson ice. No, just Molson's with bats and a few other Canadian beers. But, yeah, so we a lot of different themes. And then when, like I said, these new bars at Circa, the Mega Bar, the Overhang Bar, uh, whatever, um, God, I can't even remember all the names. There's so many. Well, you got a lot of spots opening, That's man. Indeed. So you guys are providing a lot of jobs opportunities too. Man. Yeah, so there's still... and there's still people if they want to come here. There's still jobs that are available. So you know if you go on CircusSports.com and go on there, there's still jobs that we're still looking to fill, and I imagine that's going to happen for a while. That's awesome. The vision of a circus sports, man. Where did that Where did that start? Can you talk me? Kind of bring me to the the start of the vision of it. Well, the vision is Derek and Greg Stevens, mm-hmm. uh, and it probably started with Derek while well, we bought the Las Vegas Club uh, five four, years ago, oh, four five. or five years yeah. ago. He bought it, and you know, next thing you know, he bought all the little properties around and the other little casinos around and started knocking down. So he had the vision, and I mean, if you've seen the invitation book, and I don't know if they're ever going to sell it. It's possible they might, okay. but the invitation for the Circa opening, there's some of his plans in there, his original oh, plans. Oh, dope of how, what he was thinking through his head and what his wow. visions and how he thought it might look. And, you know, we would, Derek and I, we used to go on, it was called pool Sunday and we would visionary pool Sunday. We'd go to different pools around the city to get ideas. Nice. You know, and I remember the one time we went with the builder and we were going in the pool and we had a magic marker and I'll never forget it. We had a magic marker and we we're marking off spots on his body with a magic marker of the levels that we wanted at the pool. So, wow. you know, oh, you're five foot, whatever, click, make that mark on his chest because we don't want the pool to be too high, too low. You don't want a guy. Now, the only person it might be a problem for is Big George. I don't know if you've ever seen Big George Bell no. that lives in town. He's seven foot eight, <laughs> played for the Harlem oh. Globetrotters. Seven, seven eight. eight? Yeah, I don't think his waist would would still be out of the water. <laughs> he got bad knees. I know that much. But he comes down to the D once in a while. You ever come down to the D, you'll see a guy named his name is George Bell. He's seventy second tallest man in North America. Jeez. George Bell. But yeah, it's so we we did these pool days of getting different ideas, and you know, I'd give my two cents. I don't know if it ever got implemented or not, <laughs> but it'd be like, hey, this would be a good idea. So how is it working with him, man? Because like just on the marketing front, and just like the way his mind works, like I've sat down with him, and you know, I needed a break. <laughs> so how is it, man, for him to 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 put these visions together? I mean, because like you said, it started with the D, and then now. He's changing. Like, you guys yeah. are literally changing. Well, yeah, I remember he bought Golden Gate 11 years ago. Oh, so really? He owned the Golden Gate first. First. So he owned the Golden Gate, and he slowly changed, started making changes there. I don't know if you've ever been in the Golden Gate even nine years ago. You know, I mean, where the high limit area is, that was the bathroom. Wow. You know, so the place is really, you know, he's, and working with Derek is amazing. The things that he thinks of. The things that he remembers, you know, could be a simple conversation you might have with him. Mm-hmm. And somehow he turns around and goes, I could use that. And then all of a sudden you'll see something and you'll be like, 
did I hear that mentioned before? You don't know where you heard it. Right. You know, and we might have been having a few libations at the bar. <laughs> and it's like, at the long bar. And it's not like he, it's not like he wrote it down. He's right. like, he remembered it. And all of a sudden, here we are with this little niche yeah. or yeah. that little niche. And he comes up, I mean, he's so visionary. You know, and he, this guy thinks out of the box more than anybody. And, and, and the silent partner is his brother, who you guys don't know. Right. Who's the guy that way things the way things look in the casino is his brother. He's yes. the engineer. He's the engineer. Yeah. So, you know those those two sitting down. I mean, there's probably a few family arguments. I mean, I would assume, but I don't know with Derek though. I've never seen a guy get mad. Like, uh-huh. I've you know I don't try to get him mad, but, but I probably have, but I've never he, you know he just doesn't show it sometimes. So, but yeah, he's a very intelligent, very visionary, and. You know, Vegas should be happy awesome. for a guy like that to be in this town. Well, yeah. I mean, even like the beginning of COVID when first the uh, casinos were opening up, he was given that fly away, like where yeah. he was buying flights nice. to come to Vegas, but you didn't have to come to the D. He was just like, no, I am buying flights. Come just come because if the city's doing good, everyone's doing good. And that's just, like you said, that's just a testament to him. And he does like multiple things. And I think you guys did two rounds of it because yeah. the first round went so fast. And yeah, the first round went so fast and... We were like Derek. We didn't. Uh, we didn't get Florida in here. Florida didn't get to come here. Like, oh, okay. Let's let's get those guys. In. You know, like so. It was just you know he just he's so quick on his feet and yeah. thinking. And you know, and another guy. And some people probably don't know is Tony Shea that owns Zappos. Yep. I mean, all of a sudden he started moving east down Fremont. All of a sudden you got Container Park and some of these apartment buildings. East. <laughs> and this is all Tony Shea mm-hmm. moving down here and buying things and cleaning it up. And you know, someone that hasn't been to Vegas, and I would say. 10 years and they were down here to be like, ah, downtown. Oh, it's yeah. coming. Kind of, kind of, not a nice spot. And they've just cleaned it up and moved people away. And you know, that bad element that was around and it's a fun place to be. And I mean, hopefully with the, when this COVID thing's over, we got the bands playing back outside. The Cause you got the event center. We didn't even talk yeah. about that. Yeah, the, the event center. People don't even know we own, own that. that. Yep. You know, and the downtown I mean, event that, center, that yeah. place can hold 8,000 people. We've had boxing matches out there. And, I mean, I remember, I don't know if you guys even remember, but we had uh, motocross and yep. snowboarding. Snowboarding. The at the same time. Thing. You UNLV know. did, a, like, a kickoff, like, their Monday, their like Midnight Madness thing down there. Yeah, uh, a awesome. lot of stuff. You know, the Raiders party, launch parties, you know, hockey, hockey parties. Hockey playoffs. Like, just, you know, they think of so much in the Fremont. I, you know, you got to look at Fremont Street itself. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, all the different people that are involved in that. I mean, this is a great place to visit. And now we're gonna have a great casino that you don't want to. You don't have to stay at the Bellagio. You could come downtown and get that same amenity here that you awesome. think you're getting there, and then be able to visit the Golden Nugget, be able to visit Fremont, be able to visit all those different casinos, and not take you 40 minutes to walk across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Well, oh, really quick on the there was what's the Garage Mahal? Like I saw it on the news the other night. What is that supposed to be? So Garage Mahal is actually an experience. <laughs> you this see the way his eyes lit up with lit that experience. You saw that right? That, okay. That's, just, that's like so when I go sports book pool Garage Mahal. You're like Garage Mahal. What the hell is that? That's right. It's our parking garage, man. Like this is an experience going there. You pull up in the valet, you're gonna get an experience coming through valet. You pull up yourself park. You're going to walk in and you're going to park your car. You're going to come across car secure, walk right across the building, across the walkway. It's an experience. You, the VIPs have 90 spots, 90 spots. So say your Oscar De La Hoya wants to come in here and he wants to drive his Ferrari. Mm-hmm. 
we got a spot for him to park his Ferrari and he doesn't worry about it. Nice. He can come in there. If, if Money Man there, what's his name? Mayweather. Floyd, <laughs> Floyd wants to Money, Money Man. Man. I mean, he, he's going to have 55 people with him, but they got their cars. You know, they'll be able to pull in there and get their spot, and they don't have to worry about it. We'll take care of their cars, secure their cars. So Garage Mahal is like its own space. You come in there, it's going to be playing music like it is at the casino. Oh, so it's going to be jumping. Big yeah. right. It's like parking lot pimping yeah. to the next level. The let out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be at the garage. I'll be at the garage. Well, yeah. Oh man, where y'all man? We at garage Mahal tonight, son. Turn up. You'll be in there. Unfortunately, with no machines in there, but you'll be in there like this is an experience. Garage Mahal. It, 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 I mean, it's it's fun. It's well lit. It's very safe. Um, that's awesome. Again, we make we made the parking garage fun. That's dope. So that's hey. From soon as you pull up to all, all the time you're in there, just gonna be an experience. Well, hey, it's sad. Cause we've been having too much fun, but uh, this is kind of the, the the wrap up of the show. Um, we we call it the assist. All right, so this is where you get to you know put on your coaching hat, you know, philosophize a little bit, but leave us with you know maybe a quote that you live by, um, just something you would tell your long uh, your your younger self, but just a quick kind of the assist. Oh, you guys always put me on the spot in the show. <laughs> I, I, my, my biggest quote, I guess, is, you know, we're only on this earth once. We're only here once, no matter, you might think you might come back or something else. But when you're here, <laughs> let's love each other. Absolutely. Let's enjoy each other. Let's be safe. And let's have a good time. Boy, now that's the yes, way to sir. end this, man. This has been amazing. Hey, thank you so much, man. We appreciate having you, man. We're excited for circus so make sure if you're in town if you can get in town check it out it opens next week uh we're going to put all this information um in the show notes so you know where to go even heck even get a job right why not i know some of y'all are hurting out there but just want to thank the people for listening please you know tune in follow us on black and sports on all your favorite social media uh, platforms and then remember we are on youtube so hit that subscribe button that helps and uh for uh the short format shows that drops every tuesday the locker room uh on spotify apple itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so remember as he said man life is short love Stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat about two racks on handmade new racks. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. I'm sorry, everybody from sports to college class to rap. rap.